Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Stephen Jarvis Reviews Podcast. I, as always, am your host, Stephen Jarvis. Today, I'm talking about the 1987 World Series. It was a matchup between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Minnesota Twins. Also, it was the 84th edition of the World Series with a best-of-seven playoff played between the American League champion Minnesota Twins and the National League champion St. Louis Cardinals. The Twins would go on to defeat the Cardinals four games to three to win the World Series. Twins pitcher Sweet Music Frank Viola was named as the 1987 World Series MVP. Summary of the game was notable in several regards. It featured the first World Series games played in an indoor stadium, the Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome, and to date the last World Series game to start earlier than primetime in the eastern United States. Game 6 started at 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central Time, and it was the first World Series in which all games were won by the home team. Four previous series had the home team winning the first six games, including the 1965 World Series when the Twins dropped Game 7 to the Dodgers. The bottom half of the ninth inning was never played in any game of this of this series. The first and only time this has happened. In 1987, the Twins set the record for the worst full 162-game regular season win-loss record of any World Cha- Series championship team. 85 wins, 77 losses. This record stood until it was broken when the Cardinals won the ninth, or the 2006 series after going 83 wins and 78 losses. Besides setting a record for the worst regular season winning percentage for a World Series winner and hosting the first World Series game indoors, the Twins were the first team to enter the World Series having been outscored in the regular season. The Twins as a team were outnumbered in virtually every major statistical category in 1987, as ABC play-by-play commentator Al Michaels put it in the pregame show for Game 1, they were out everything. The Cardinals coming into the World Series posted a 95-67 and record during the regular season, but were affected by injuries throughout the postseason, most notably with the loss of their lone home run threat first baseman Jack Clark due to a sprained right ankle suffered in a game in Montreal on September 9th. During the regular season, Clark led the National League in both on-base percentage and slugging percentage, despite playing in Bush Memorial Stadium, which was reputed to be the league's most extreme pitcher's park. He hit 35 home runs in 131 games and was the only person on the team to hit more than 12. The player on the team who hit 12, starting third baseman, Perry Pendleton, though named to the World Series roster, was hampered with a ribcage injury. Normally a switch hitter, Pendleton was only able to swing left-handed during the World Series and was not able to play the field, and thus was relegated to pitch hitting duties or being the designated hitter in the games in Minnesota started by right-handed starters. Game 7 was won by Minnesota on the 35th birthday of the Twins, Roy Smalley, and was also the last game of his career. Smalley appeared in four games as a pitch hitter and reached base all four times on a double and error in two walks. Game 1 of the World Series went to the Minnesota Twins, who won that one 10 
to one. Game two also was a win by the Twins, who won it eight to four. Game three, St. Louis would win three to one. Game four, St. Louis again would win seven to two. Game five, played at Bush Stadium, was won by the St. Louis Cardinals four to two. Game six was won by the Twins. 11 to 5 and game 7 to clinch the World Series was won by the Minnesota Twins 4 to 2. Matchups in game 1 was the winning pitcher Frank Viola, losing pitcher was Joe Magnrin. Home runs, St. Louis had none, Minnesota Dan Gladden with one and Steve Lombardi Lombardozzi with one. Arrakis sold out Metrodome met the Cardinals on October 17th, stunning them all times with the degree of noise. The crowd noise in the Metrodome could exceed 110 decibels. The, start, the Cardinals struggled defensively with outfielder Willie McGee losing sight of pop flies against the Metrodome's white turf in the fourth and eight innings and, Tom, and infielder Tom Lawless committing an infield error in the sixth inning. However, none of those miscues contributed to Twins' runs. The Twins' aggressive play further compounded the compounded the problems of the Cards, and the game ended as a 10-1 blowout. Starting pitcher Frankie Sweet Music Viola had nothing, had little trouble with the Cardinals' potent lineup. For the Twins, Dan Gladden hit a grand slam and pulled five RBIs, copping a capping off a seven-run fourth inning with Steve, with Steve Lombardiozzi adding a two-run homer while Kent Herbeck had two RBIs. Sorry for some of the errors, guys. I'm trying to get this up within 30 minutes. Um, Frank Viola was scheduled to be the best man at his brother's wedding, but had to cancel when the Twins reached the World Series as it fell on the same night as Game 1, in which he was scheduled as starter. ABC clips ABC showed clips of the wedding throughout the game's broadcast. Coincidentally, the song You Got the Look peaked in popularity, number two on the bar Billboard singles charts on this date. The song was written and performed by Prince, a lifelong Minnesota Minneapolis resident, and contains the line Boy vs. Girl in the World Series of Love. Game two was won by the Twins. 8-4. to four. Winning pitcher was Burt Bylevin. The losing pitcher was Danny Cox. Home runs, St. Louis, none. Minnesota, Gary Gaetti with one. And Tim Launder with one. While improving on their Game 1 performance, the Cards were unable to hold the Twins' offense again and fell behind 7 to nothing before beginning to rally. The Cards' total of nine hits was just one short of the Twins, but their bats lacked power as they managed only one double against three doubles and two home runs hit by Minnesota. Gary Gaetti hit a home runner, hit a homer in the second inning. The Twins broke the game open in the fourth, scoring six runs, resulting in starter Danny Cox being pulled from the game. The final score was eight to four, Minnesota. Randy Bush and Tim Laudner each came through with a pair of two run scoring hits in the fourth, with Laudner's being a home run and Bush's being a double. Burt by 11 pitched seven innings of two-run baseball for the win. 
Game 3, traveling down the Mississippi to open air at Bush Stadium. Game 3 saw a tense pitching duel between Twins starter Les Straker and John Tudor of the Cardinals. This matchup was also notable for Straker being the first Venezuelan to pitch in a World Series game. After five scoreless innings by both teams, the Twins broke through in the top of the sixth inning. Greg Gagne walked, and Kirby Puckett got on base to move Gagne into scoring position. That might be Gagne. I'm not sure. Looks like Gagne, but it could be Gagne. Tom Brunzinski's RBI single looked like all the offense the game would see, but in the bottom of the seventh, Juan Burgunder, in relief of Straker, surrendered leadoff back-to-back singles to Jose Okendawa, Okendo, and Tony Pena. Terry Pendleton sacrificed the runners to second and third, and Vince Coleman slammed a two-run double to give the cards a two-to-one lead. Ozzie Smith followed by singling in Coleman for the final run, and Todd Warlow closed out, saving the win for Tudor. Game 7, again won by St. Louis, 7-2. Uh, winning pitcher was Bob Horsch. Losing pitcher was Frankie Viola. And saving and the saver was Ken Daly. Home runs won by Greg Gagne or Gagne in St. Louis with one with Tom Lawless. In Game 4, the Twins scored first on Greg Gagne's or Gagne's home run, but the Cardinals tied it on a Jim Lindman RBI single. Tom Lawless hit a three-run homer in the fourth off Viola, only his second major league home run after going two and for 25 during the regular season. One of Viola's five earned runs in the game and six runs in, in the fourth. However, the cards were done weren't done scoring. Dan Shadler allowed another RBI single to Lindman and a two-run home, a two-run double to Willie McGee. Joe Anerko and George Frazier shut the Redbirds out the rest of the game. Bob Forsh got the win with two and two-thirds innings of one-run relief. Starter Greg Matthews was injured in the fourth inning and was unable to play for the rest of the series. Ken Daly. Daley got the save. Just prior to game four, Reggie Jackson, who was working as a as a field reporter for ABC's coverage of the 1987 World Series, admitted that he didn't know who Tom Lawless was. Whew. Game five was another St. Louis win, 4-2. Game five was a much closer contest, with the Cardinals coming out victorious by a score of 4-2. Kurt Ford hit a two-run single in the seventh, breaking a scoreless pitcher's duel between Danny Cox and Burt Bylevin. By the end of the seventh, the cards were up four to nothing. The Twins scored two in the eighth on triple by Gary Gaetti off reliever T- Todd Whirl and made a game out of, game of it, but eventually relinquished the save to him as Gaetti failed to score. The Cardinals stole five bases in Game Five, the most for the team since the. 1907 Chicago Cubs. Game 7, Minnesota would really hit it and win 11-5. Winning pitcher was Dan Shadzer, 
Losing pitcher was John Tudor. Home run, St. Louis won. Minnesota had two home runs in this game, one by Don Baylor and one by Kent Herbeck. The series returned to the Metrodome with the Twins facing elimination, a position they would find themselves in four years later against the Atlanta Braves. ABC allowed the game to be played at 4 p.m. Central Time on Saturday afternoon, the only day game of the series and the last World Series game to be played to date to be played in the daytime. Although as the game was played in the Metrodome, the game took place under artificial lighting. The Cardinals drew first blood off Les Straker on a Tommy Herr home run in the first, and the Twins countered with two in their first, or with two in their half of the first on RBI singles by Kirby Puckett and Dom Baylor. The Cardinals soon tied it in the second on a RBI single. Sorry if I'm destroying these guys' names. It's really hard to pronounce some of them. In the fourth, the Cards chased Straker when Dan Grezin led off with a double to right and went to third on a Willie McGee single. McGee took second on the attempted throw home by center fielder Kirby Puckett. Terry Middleton, Pendleton followed by singling home Dressen and hit a sacrifice fly to make it 4-2. to two. Another run scored for the Cards in the fifth when lefty Dan Shadzer walked Ozzie Smith. Smith went to second on a ground out to third on a flyout and scored on another McGee single. But in the bottom of the fifth, the Twins began to claw back against John Tudor. Puckett led off with the single and was doubled by in by Gary Gaetti, benefiting from the use of the designated hitter in their home ballpark. The Twins then tied it on a mammoth home run by their DH, Don Baylor. After Tom Brunzinski, Brunzinski, Followed with a single, the Twins took the lead for good when Steve Lombardiozzi sing, sing, ah, singled him with two out on a close play at home, the plate. The Twins then blew the game open in the sixth. Greg Gagne for Gagne led off with a, an infield single and pocket walk. A pass ball by Tony Pena advanced the runners with first base open and one out cards. Veteran Bob Forsh potentially walked Baylor to load the bases. After Brunsky popped out, left-hander Ken Danley was brought in to face the left-hitting Kent Herbeck. Herbeck finally broke out of his slump and hit a grand slam. Drove in the final run in the eighth, and the Twins had stabbed off defeat. Uh, game 7. The 500th World Series game played. Game 7 forced a National Football League game between the Denver Broncos and the Minnesota Vikings, originally scheduled for that afternoon at the Metrodome, to be played the following night, also on ABC. Joe Mangren of the St. Louis Cardinals became only the sixth rookie pitcher to start the seventh game of World Series. He is also the only pitcher in World Series history to start games one and seven of World Series without any starts in between as the Cardinals game four starter Greg Matthews had to be removed early due to an injury and was unable for the remainder of the series. Angren had actually started the 1987 season pitching for the Cardinals AAA team, the Louisville Redbirds. In the second, the Cardinals looked poised to send Frank Viola to an early shower. 
three straight known out singles by Jim Lenman, Willie McGee, and Tony Penna played the first run. Viola settled down to retire the next two bad hitters, but then Steve Lake singled in McGee for a two-run lead. Viola settled into a groove, however, and allowed only two more hits and no runs in strong eight strong innings. The Twins came back in their half of the second on a Steve Lombardiosi RBI single, but not before a missed call at home plate by umpire Dan Phillips. Dave Phillips had already cost the Twins a run. Twins D8 designated hitter Dom Baylor reached base on a hit-by-pitch by Mangren to lead off the inning, and Tom Brunsky singled him to second. With one out, Tim Lauder singled the left, and Baylor was called out at home on a throw from Vince Coleman and left, while replays clearly show Baylor was safe. In the fifth, the Twins tied the score when Greg Gagne reached on an infield hit, and Kirby Puckett drove him in with a double. Incidentally, replay showed Gagne to be, or Gagne to be out on his infield hit, thus this run served to counteract the run the Twins lost in the second on the call, missed call on Baylor at plate. The Twins seemed on the verge of taking the lead when Gary Gaetti followed Puckett with a walk and went to second. When Puckett was thrown out by Lake trying to advance third on a wild pitch that was deflected when it hit the home plate umpire in the face mask, Baylor followed with a single to left, but Coleman threw out Gaetti at the plate in a violent collision with Lake. Coleman became the first outfielder to throw two runners out at the plate in one World Series game. The sixth inning proved to be controversial. In the top of the sixth, Tom Hur was picked off of first base and tagged out in a rundown. In the third missed call of the game, Hur got in the rundown and Lombardiozzi hit ran him back to first where Kent Herbeck was standing off the bag near the base path. Lombardiozzi tossed the ball towards Herbeck and the ball sailed past him but into the glove of Viola behind the bag. Viola had come over to take part in the rundown. Her was hindered by her back returning the bag, but clearly reached the bag safely before Viola tagged him. However, first base umpire Lee Wire called her out. Wire's view was blocked by her back, and according to the broadcast crew, Viola made the tag late, and her back should have been called for interference. Had this call been made, her would have been safe, awarded second base, and the Cardinals would have had a runner at second with one out. It was the third missed call of the game for the nor- normally highly regarded Wire often considered one of the best umpires in baseball, and the Cardinals scored nothing in the sixth. The Twins then took the lead in the bottom of the inning off Danny Cox, who had relieved Agnern the previous inning. Cox walked Bruce Brzezinski and Herbeck to lead off and was replaced by Todd Worrell. As Cox was leaving, he got into an argument with home home plate ump Dave Phillips and was ejected as he was leaving the or, and was ejected as he was le- leaving the field. As of 2019, the Cox is the last position player to be ejected from a World Series game. After retiring the first battery faced, World Pit walked pinch hitter Roy Smalley and struck out Dan Gladden for the second out. The next batter, Ganya, reached first on an infield hit as Brzezinski scored the go ahead run. The Twins' final run came in the eighth on a RBI double by Dan Gladden off World. 
who stayed in the rest of the game for the Cards. Jeff Reardon retired the side in the ninth to give Minnesota their first World Series victory. Tom Twins manager Tom Kelly became the youngest non-playing manager to win the World Series since John McGraw in 1905. By winning it in the regula- regulation nine innings, the Twins ensured the 87 World Series was the first in which game no games needed the bottom of the ninth inning. In no other World Series since then has that had has had that happen, as the two other fall classics in which the home run won every game, 91 and 2001, both include extra innings and a walk and walk-off wins in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, ooh. Um, <laughs> that is, uh, that was the miracle season of the 1987 twins and their 1987 world series. Um, it's funny because the twins, everyone was, everyone was pretty much, uh, They were pretty much. Uh, they were pretty much looked down on in this, and it re- it's really sad seeing that you know they had such a crappy record, and you know no one gave them a shot. It was actually very good to see that they would pull out this World Series. They would win another one, in uh, the that being the Twins in nineteen ninety one, and that would be the last World Series that they've been to and have won since. 1991 i will probably talk about the 91 world series maybe on friday who knows um i will probably definitely be talking about the 1991 minnesota twin season uh, more than likely um so it's uh it's really special that they were able to do it for their first one in 87 and then also later on in 91 to win their second one. Um, just wanted to say that I rank this as probably in terms of twins teams to that point, I rank this very high and I will rank this win as, or this twins team and then the world series as probably my top fifth, all time in terms of what it really did for a team. Um, and hopefully you guys enjoyed this. I'm sorry if I talk too much loud or too fast or whatever on anchor, I'm only able to get 30 minutes in of the episode. So, Hopefully one day I'll probably be on YouTube, maybe. Who knows? I'll try a test run one of these days. Maybe when I get 200 people listens on my podcast, I'll I'll end up doing that. But for right now, I think we're we're doing pretty good. And I want to thank you guys again for all the continued support that you've shown me. I know some of my episodes don't do as good as my other ones, but you know what? You guys are still showing me support and i appreciate that from the bottom of my heart and hopefully you all have a wonderful monday hopefully all the stuff going on right now isn't getting us all down 
But you know what? Just remember, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. We'll get there together. Thank you so very much for listening to another episode of the Stephen Jarvis Reviews Podcast. This is Stephen Jarvis, signing out.